Well, right, since you have your mouth full, I'll start the podcast today. Welcome well, to ma- the Mind Virus Show. My mouth's not full. <laughs> yeah. Um, today's August 29th, 2022. Oh, you need to pop that into the mic so that people can hear the sound of the... There you go. Sound of the carbonated beverage being popped. That's a distinct sound, isn't it? It's a great when you, sound. When you pop a can of soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of those things that uh, we'll probably remember into the next world. It'll bring us right back to this one. Ah. I want a Coke or a Mountain Dew or a root beer or Sprite or whatever. What, what, is, what is your favorite soda? Uh, it depends. It goes cyclical. It can be... Uh, Mountain Dew, it can be, or some variety of Mountain Dew. It can this be. is your favorite soda? Yeah, well, you asked. I asked them. Yeah, I did ask. Were you asking rhetorically? I was kind of asking the listeners. We haven't had any comments for a while. I wonder what's going on. I think it's, it's the dog days of summer. People, people are on vacation. People are getting their kids back to school. And uh, so we did have a few comments on... The uh, episode called Third World, which was 88, August 15th, but we did not have any comments on Mind Control Mitigation, which was 89 from August 23rd last week. Let me just, let's just check in with some user comments here, user, okay. listener comments. We had Dr. Nick again. Thank you, Dr. Nick, for commenting. Remember, we were talking about I think the weaponized justice department, the fact that the, it appears that the mechanisms of government are turning against people openly. In the, in the last couple of weeks, we saw the, the federal justice department raid the home of the former president, Donald Trump, right? The Mar-a-Lago raid, everybody knows about that, which is unheard of, Un unheard of that would never happen to any of the any of the former presidents that were accept, appeared at least appeared to be accepted by the machine by the oligarchy by the uh, well, by the deep state whatever you want to call it it's also interesting that that was huge news for oh i don't know two or three days and now it's just memory hold it's gone like, the no. trump raid yeah, no, nobody's really talking about it in the mainstream. People, so when we, when we say mainstream, we ought to qualify. I don't know if mainstream is mainstream anymore. I, I'm, I have the question mark there because I know there's still a lot of watchers of NBC News. Corporate. corporate. The corporate media seems to have moved on. There's still a lot of watchers. There's three, 350 million Americans, probably a little less than half of those are adults. And... NBC Nightly News gets 5 million viewers a night. MSNBC gets, what, less than a million. Fox News gets two or three. Alex Jones and Joe Rogan are pulling five to 10. Rogan probably 10 to 20. 
now we don't know we don't know exactly how much but so what is what is mainstream right yeah and and uh a lot of the same people i think that are watching network television are flipping over to cable news programs cnn's in the tank is totally in right. the tank which is why they're over the last you know a few months with some new leadership they've been uh cleaning cleaning their closet so to speak yeah cleaning their room as jordan peterson might say <laughs> yeah so i guess the the trump raid has kind of fallen off but it's been two weeks right right but but the way you the way they initially presented it right it should be the it should have shaken the foundations of our democracy. It's incredibly dangerous for our democracy. Yeah. Fox News is actually today reporting, or, or on the, their right-hand sidebar, they've got a Joe Rogan ad watch. They've got like a, a piece they've done on who is Joe Rogan. How did this comedian slash actor and fight commentator become one of America's most scrutinized personalities? Interesting framing. It's funny because he's bigger than most. He's almost as big as Fox News entirely. <laughs> like asking. Hannity, Levin. Um, yeah, he's baffling to the to the people who Tucker who Carlson. Yeah, created people like Sean Hannity and and others. Right? They, they those people were sort of created. They're given giant platforms. Yeah, it's. I think it's funny that the question they're asking is is how did he become one of the most scrutinized personalities in America, and not how did he create the largest podcast in world history, basically all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's see, a better question and probably a far more interesting story. Yeah. I can answer in one question or one sentence how he became scrutinized. Mm -hmm. He didn't follow the narrative. That's it. <laughs> right, not he not had going or, along. Or, or even more accurately, he had guests on his show who didn't follow the narrative. Expert guests, like high level. Of course, he didn't either. Remember, he's still labeled as an anti-vaxxer. He's getting some heat right now because Aaron Rodgers, the football quarterback, Aaron Rodgers on the Green Bay Packers, who was okay. unvaccinated and forced to sit out with COVID toe. That was the joke, right? Because he had a toe injury. But he got a lot of heat for saying, I, I've had this and I've recovered, so I'm not going to get the vaccine. Something I suspect many, many professional athletes have avoided taking that vaccine. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers apparently uh, pulled no punches on Joe Rogan. I have not listened to that episode. It just came out. But I'm so going it's very to, recent. Yeah, it's just like uh, this. Today's Monday. You already said that, so it was just last week at some, like maybe on the weekend. It's it's hmm. quite recent. I like Aaron Rodgers. I, I listen to Aaron Rodgers regularly. He's a regular guest on the Pat McAfee show, which is a daily sports show. If you're into that sort of thing, and Aaron Rodgers is um, love him or hate him, whatever. He's an interesting guy. He's a thoughtful, articulate, interesting person. Has interesting insights and. Uh, I, I'm imagining that's a pretty good episode, but of course that, uh, <laughs> that has made Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, public, hated, hated public enemy the, number by the legacy one and two again, right? This all in the midst of there's further and more and more news that this, these shots don't work. They don't do what they say they're going to do. And they're actually quite harmful. In the meantime, we're getting an Omicron variant variation of the vaccine that is going to be jammed into people's arms without any clinical testing. Hmm. Just I haven't seen that. So that's a, bo a booster number three? 
Uh, it depends 17. on how you count the boosters, right? My uh, there's some nice Orwellian newspeak out there where people are saying, <laughs> "I'm off to get my flu shot, my, flu slash COVID." They say, "I'm off to get my second booster shot," which is shot number four. A second booster would be shot number four. Right, that's what I'm saying. So is the Omicron variant number three of these? A third, like I, a fifth I, shot? I, I, I would guess there are people who are out there who are maybe on shots five or six by now. Mm. I mean, the, we talked about the CEO of Pfizer. He had four shots. When before, and COVID. And then he got COVID, allegedly. I, I don't even think he actually had the vaccines. I don't think these people... Important people, especially insiders, I don't think they took the real shots. Yeah, I highly doubt it. <clears throat> I mean, they were proven, well, demonstrated to be fake by a lot of careful watchers that looked, looked at the footage of these public vaccinations. Yeah. There's a woman uh, that I heard firsthand who is or was a nurse tell a group of people that I, I was in this group of people. This is something I witnessed. She said, so you are an eyewitness, <laughs> right? To, I didn't witness what she's said, but I witnessed her saying it. She said that during that initial vaccine push, right. And I guess that would have been the winter and spring of 21. She said that she gave fake shots to people for TV cameras. Really? Yeah. But didn't couldn't go public with it. She kind of went public with it with this group, but it, I don't. That was a she, public private group. Yeah, and <laughs> private. I don't know. Public. It's like, but she she didn't want to lose her job. Well, yeah, that's how they got most everybody. That's the big way they get us to do anything is to get us to keep our jobs, right? Or bribe us, like uh, forgiving, quote unquote, forgiving student loans. Forgiving is a new word for transferring, right? That's big, that's big news lately. Well, winding it back a little bit, getting back to episode 88, which was called Third World, was because it, was, it was called that because we were kind of discussing how we've devolved into essentially a third world country without the rule of law, without any, any serious fair law. It's all being weaponized against political enemies of the statists. And, you know, so we're talking about how Fox is now starting to promote Joe Rogan because he's interesting. So let's do a video on Joe Rogan and maybe we'll get some viewers. And MSNBC's top story is about Trump today, by the way, Trump and the Mar-a-Lago raid. He, he apparently is becoming more and more bizarre in his defense against the, the media on the Mar-a-Lago raid. That's what they're claiming. It's, his defense is bizarre. So you have... You have a, a few outlets like CNN and, and MSNBC who are really for the deranged, for people who have a psychosis, who still believe Rachel Maddow, still believe that the New York Post should be punished for publishing the Hunter Biden laptop story, stuff like that. I mean, we, we have, we have a, not a one-size-fits-all media, but a tailored-to-order type of, you know, tailored-to-your-size, your, your mind, whatever you're thinking type of a media going on these days. It's very diverse, and I think a lot of folks would probably argue that that is evidence that it's not controlled, and I would say, no, no, no. We, do you not understand how much wealth, how much, how, how many, how, how big of a pile of resources the 
American government has at its disposal, not just the secret black ops stuff, but the, or, or the, or the undocumented, you know, there's three, I get to get into this later. There's three categories of uh, revenues and economy related to how our, our government or this oligarchy appears to be working. And I, I was watching some stuff by Catherine Austin Fitz over the, over the last week. I sent some of it to you. I don't expect you to watch it. I mean, I, I've been taking a deep dive on this missing money thing because she's, she's claiming as of like 2015 that there's $40 trillion missing. And so you've got the, the booked revenue, which is the tax revenue and the debt. And then you've got the black budget stuff, <clears throat> but then you've got the missing money. And she's, she's got it into three categories. And there's a huge amount of money out there being used against us. And it all stems from World War II and the creation of the CIA and where the, where the, right. where the Nazi loot and the Japanese loot went underground as it was recovered by the uh, American Special Forces or I don't know if you'd call it Special Forces. What was it called? OSS, Office of yeah. Special Services. Yeah, that was, that was morphed the, into the predecessor. CIA. There's a very thick... Uh, book, very dense book called Legacy of Ashes, which is the, uh, which is a history of the CIA and quite interesting. Basically from its inception after World War II up to about 2000, there's a little bit of... Do you remember who wrote that? Um, I don't. I own the book, but I can't remember the author's Tim name. Tim Weiner? Weiner? That sounds maybe like it's right, but I don't know. Well, let's get into that in a minute. In a minute here. Uh, so that was the context for what we were doing in the episode Third World. That was eighty-eight, and we talked about certain things related to the the craziness going on at the highest levels, and how our our system is no longer even maintaining a. They're not pretending. A presence. They're not pretending anymore. They're, they're just overtly engaging in, in blatant political corruption, you know, prosecuting their enemy or, yeah, prosecuting their enemies, persecuting their enemies. And this has been going on for a while. I mean, the, the Obama White House IRS was famous for having disproportionately and heavy handedly taken on, a, on conservative groups and not giving out 501c3 status you know, nonprofit status to conservative groups. That's, that's been going on for a while, but it's becoming so blatant that it, it can't, that it's making it into the mainstream press. And the big thing that most regular people are concerned about is this 80 billion extra dollars for the IRS to expand uh, and hire ostensibly 80 some odd thousand special agents to harass us and eat of our substance as is uh, outlined in the Declaration of Independence. So... As we were discussing that, Dr. Nick and Whitaker did comment, uh, and I'd like to read these comments here. Uh, Nick says, hey, everybody, by the way, <laughs> fun fact about the Bluffdale facility. We're talking about the NSA Bluffdale facility. Right. He says, it was, cert it was built by a certain alphabet soup agency. One of those stated for reasons, one of those stated reasons for its location from the likes of, quote, conservatives like Jason Chavitz, Orrin Hatch, and Gary Herbert, and others who weighed in at the time was, quote, on account of the availability to large quantities of water. Right. 
big red pill moment for me is that the Uniparty is a big club and you ain't it. <laughs> you ain't in it. Plenty of water in the Utah desert, right? So this is a huge cognitive distance. Good point, Dr. Nick. He says, in other news, I've got a bridge I'd like to sell you. But okay, so they say they're, they're coming out here because of access to water? Yeah, think yeah, about that. Sure, sure. And I mean, and we're in drought right now. Well, they tell us we're in a drought. It's really droughty outside. Uh, by the way, Do- <laughs> Governor Cox declared a state of emergency in the Moab area because of rampant flooding. Okay. <laughs> okay. During the drought. Well, that that's a good. This this uh, cognitive dissonance is really good. We're seeing a lot of cognitive dissonance. I've been hearing about how hot it is this summer, and you've only been thinking that if you've been watching the news, I guess. I'm not watching the news anymore, so I'm, I haven't really heard it, but I've heard it from some friends that have said, you know, and it's this really hot summer. I'm going, well, not really. I watch uh, my own temperature, my own thermo- temperature, ga- temperature gauge, thermometers outside or thermometers for those of us that like to say words the way they mean them, <laughs> uh, the thermometers outside haven't gotten much above 100 this, this year at my house. Yeah, there's been some uh, uh, manipulation on uh, weather, weather uh, programs. You know, they have the map behind the, the talking bobblehead. The meteorologist. And, yes, and they'll wave at the green screen. Right. And, and then the map is projected. Yeah. And they color code the map, right? If it's going to be warm, there's oranges or reds or whatever. Right, yeah. Pe- people, and maybe I can dig this up, no promises. But they were showing examples of uh, news stations that were changing their color coding to make it look hotter, even though the temperatures were the same. So they were showing like past graphics where they were showing. They weren't, hey, it's they weren't be- trying to cry alarm right. because it was 95 degrees. They. It, it's going to be 90 degrees here and here and 86 here and, and uh, 91 down here. And they would maybe have yellows and oranges. Mm-hmm. And then they change that to be oranges and dark reds and, and to make it look like it's hotter, visually yeah. hotter. And it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, it is hot because it's July. Mm-hmm. This happens every year. Every year, July is the warmest time of the year. It's July. It's the pinnacle of summertime it's like and you know what in january it's gonna be cold it's gonna be cold outside (laughs) but yeah it's just in this it's this it's this constant i think what you said earlier is correct that they're they're sort of taking off the mask you know pun intended i guess uh where they're they're not really pretending or trying to manipulate us in any sort of uh, subtle ways. They're just out there pounding you in the face with this stuff, making you angry, making you scared, making you confused. And they're doing it blatantly and openly. And uh, it's kind of what we talked about. You've got to recognize that. Once you recognize it, it's easier to sort of say, wait a second. Of, cor- of course it's warm in the Northern Hemisphere in July. Mm-hmm. It's summertime. and you know, I, we grew up running around crazy in the summer, just practically unsupervised. It was always hot in the summer. Right. That was the point of summertime. <laughs> right. I don't think, and we've had some mild and, winters lately. And we, but, have, we have 
temperature data. We can go and look at this stuff. I, I never bothered because I don't, I just, you know, but it's out there and we can go and look at it. And I don't think, I wouldn't, I would be surprised if this last summer is significantly uh, warmer than ones in the past. Maybe we had a couple of peak days. There was a little bit of a hot spell, but then it cooled off and the month of August has been quite pleasant. Well, look, Here, you got, anyway. You've got 365 days per year to compare, right? If you take, you, you can find a record high almost anywhere. And, and so they'll say, oh, there's record highs across the country or whatever. But when you, when you compare July 3rd to all the other July 3rds, remember, you're not talking necessarily about a hot summer. You're talking about a hot July 3rd. And so it's easier to find a record July 3rd than it is to find a record average summer. Right. And so that it's easy in the mind control mitigation episode we talked about some tip-offs for looking at you know that should alert you as to when you're hearing blatant propaganda, you know, experts say or allegedly, you know, these these words that they'll use to say something that could potentially just be completely false and they they just source it out to some other person and it doesn't matter whether they were right or wrong. Right, because the news maintains credibility by saying, "Well, experts say, or police say, or police sources, expert, sources government insiders, Wall Street insiders." You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of ways they uh, divest responsibility for right. what they're talking about. And so, if you if you have them crying wolf over a hot summer, and you know, they're talking about record temperatures. Are they talking about records on July 3rd or average highs that are super high? And I think that's what they've done this time around is it's like, okay, well, this, this particular day in August or July was hotter than it's ever been. And every year, there's a good chance you got 365 days. There's a good chance you might get a record high somewhere in your state or in your region because they've only got you know, they, they've taken the, the total and split it into 365 possibilities. Right. Plus, they'll just lie straight to your face if they need to. Well, there's the, there's the problem that a lot of the National Weather Service weather stations are now placed in, in areas that don't fit their criteria for a, uh, an uninfluenced weather station, right? They'll be in, near concrete. They'll, they'll be at an airport, you know, where, there's, where the, the, temp, the average temperature is being manipulated or, or influenced by man-made activity, which is kind of ironic because that's what they, they want to blame the temperature increases is on man's activity. And so they place the temperature gauge, the thermometer, right. near man's activity, like a, a, the exhaust port of a jet. <laughs> <laughs> which is hot on yeah like, or like you said concrete or west facing so it's gonna yeah, get or near a parking sunlight. lot right or south you know they'll, they'll put something north facing if they want you to believe it's cooler or or like i said they'll just lie to your face well that's the way you lie is you you influence data over right. time i i'm not going to go look for it but i remember reading about this several years ago where people had investigate where investigated where these weather stations are and one of them is in a parking lot next to where people stop and park their cars so the exhaust is just jacking the temperature up it, it, there's a lot of ways to do this but you know this if if you're a, an innocent bystander and you're just watching what's going on it was not a hot summer you know 
And granted, we've had some mild winters lately, but that doesn't mean we're not going to get a big winter. That that happens cyclically. We've if you you live long enough and you start to remember, there were times when you were a kid when it didn't snow on Christmas or it was thin snow on Christmas. It doesn't have to be packed right. winter wonderland here in. It, it hasn't always been, you know, when I was a kid. And there were times I remember you had being massive, disappointed. Massive winters. I mean. It's probably a good thing we don't have huge winters every year because that would create a lot of problems for we'd be snow flooding removal all the time. and then water storage. You know, our I know I know the reservoirs are you know controlled. They kind of control the flow of those. If they want them full, they'll just close the yeah spillway a little bit. But those I remember uh, recently we had a big winter maybe I don't know seven or eight years ago and the reservoirs were. Chock full. Full in the river. Dude, nobody but, remembers the Oroville Dam breaking in California two or three years ago. Right. And, and then the river was overflowing onto the road and, and the bike trail that goes along with it. Like it, there was a lot of water. Yeah. And that's why they built those reservoirs was to control the flooding. Right. And this, these were like a hundred years ago in the Great Depression era when a lot of these were built. And I think they put a lot of them in, anticipating that they would be partially full, all the way full, potentially overflowing, and low at different times. Right. I mean, they're reserves. They're That's so, why they're called reserve wars. The, uh, the, the Jordanelle Reserve, which is up near Heber City, Utah, was built maybe 20, 25 years ago. I remember when that didn't exist. 25 years ago? And put it mid nineties. Really, I don't know. Let's. Uh, so they decided we were get, we were getting more water and needed to save more water, even thirty years ago. And so they put another one in above Deer Creek. Let's see. If is it above can, Deer Creek? It is, isn't it? It is. So you have within the space of about ten miles, you have two really big reservoirs. Um, I'm just looking to see if I can find when it was built. But I remember driving right through where that is. Now there used to be an old road that went right. Th- you know, now it's at the bottom of the river or the uh, lake. So it's within my lifetime, and I'm uh, I'm not fifty yet. Well, while you're looking for that, <laughs> yeah, fill the space here. <laughs> we got Whitaker who made a comment. Thank you, Whitaker and Doctor Nick, for chiming in. Whitaker says something was mentioned about how so much is shutting down because but the system is resilient enough to keep going. I've been thinking about you were, uh, come on, Whitaker, you got to get your English right here. This isn't just me reading poorly. I've been thinking about you. We're kind of living in an Atlas shrugged world. That's all one sentence, but not because productive people are boycotting, but because some people are intentionally trying to shut everything down. Well, yeah, Whitaker, you make a good point there, and that's sort of a different discussion than the whole water situation. The shortages are clearly caused by non-market forces. These are these are like manipulations or the results of manipulations that are flowing through into the market because of the nefarious acts of either deep state actors or just status in general 
or the effects of things like the coronavirus and the war in Russia, or the war in Ukraine, I guess we should call it. But that, that I, I totally agree with you. That's the problem is that the shortages are being intentionally engineered. And if you shut down China for months at a time, you're definitely going to have supply chain problems as you try to get those, those goods back over to the United States. If you embargo Russian oil, <laughs> you're not going to have Russian oil. If you, if you forbid everyone from purchasing Russian oil, you're going to have a problem. If you, if you cause Europe, instead of being able to take the cheap oil that they're getting from Russia through the pipeline and have to import it via tankers from the United States and other parts of the world, that's a problem. It, absolutely right. Absolutely right that these shortages are man-made. If you want, is it man-made global warming or man-made economy change? <laughs> right. Man-made government change. Man-made culture change. That's what. That's what we should sell as bumper stickers that say "man-made culture change, man-made economy change." Jordan L was built in 1992. Really, did not know that. Kind of cool. So we needed more water to to be reserved. So we built a reservoir. Yeah, buried at two old pioneer towns called um, uh, Jordan H- and L. Hailstone and <laughs> Keatley. No, it's uh, named after. This is a, according to this Mountain Express magazine. Named for the Jordan family, who homesteaded and opened a resort near the proposed dam. It was named after probably some, some wealthy family that lived in the area. It really just is absurd on its face, though, that people could be talked into believing that the reservoirs should be full all the time. Right. Their whole point was to uh, moderate the effects of the inconsistent nature of precipitation Right. That's why they built the the dam in on the Nile in Egypt. Was it called the Anwar Dam? They have they would have massive flooding because of how big that river is. What do they call that dam? I think it was Anwar Sadat. Yeah, it's it's the Aswan Dam. Anwar Sadat was one of the leaders of Egypt back in the day. I think he was assassinated. Probably. <laughs> it's risky business being a, a leader of a country in the Middle East. Yes, he was assassinated. 1981 was when he was killed. <clears throat> Who do they say c- killed him? Is that George, say? George Bush. <laughs> Probably, but what's the... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the older one, not the young... Well, maybe it was the younger one. I don't know. Let's see, his assassination. Wikipedia says there was a lot of internal uprising in the last month of his presidency. Sadat dismissed allegations that the rioting was incited by domestic issues, believing that the Soviet Union was recruiting its regional allies in Libya and Syria to incite an uprising that would eventually force him out of power. Following a failed military coup, Sadat ordered a major crackdown. I think that's what they're saying is that that environment led to his eventual assassination. I wonder if Western intelligence powers were involved in that. I I don't. 
That's I don't that's probably not possible. <laughs> not possible to wonder about that. I don't that. wonder at all. So what are we talking about today? Well, what's been on your mind? Because I can tell you what's been on my mind. Always on my mind. Um, the CIA stuff's been on my mind. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of been interesting the last, since we talked last, we've had, you've had Mark Zuckerberg go on a, on a Joe, on a Joe Rogan episode. So the real media, the big media, he reached a a lot more voices or a lot more ears. And I've only seen clips. A lot more viewers. I'm surprised, um, I'm surprised Mark Zuckerberg's batteries lasted for three hours. But maybe he was hooked into a charger. <laughs> he was plugged in for the interview under the table. But he he says, and I, in typical Mark Zuckerberg style, he says it without any sense of uh, irony or self awareness. He says, yeah, "We did what the FBI told us to." Yeah, do. the FBI came to us and said, "It's election season. You guys need to be careful about what you allow to be uh, spread and shared." And so we suppressed the truth. So we suppressed the. Hunter Biden laptop story because we figured that's what the FBI wanted us to do. But we never banned it. We weren't like Twitter. We didn't ban it. We just uh we we just limited its distribution. Shadow banned is, it. <laughs> which is beautiful news speak for censorship. What normal people call censorship. No, 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 no. We just limited its distribution. And Rogan is like I don't know. I guess this is why he has as big a platform as he does because he doesn't really accost his guests with the fact that, like, he censored it. Like, so or do, or does he? Do you did you watch the exchange? So you uh, just censored a, the, just a little bit. You say you censored the so you censored the story. Well, well no, we shadow banned it. Okay, okay, okay. We limited its distribution. That's shadow banned it. No, we limited it. The we took the we took the story and we allowed people to share it. We just made sure that not that many people could see it. Okay. <laughs> and then you also had you also had Sam Harris, who you may or may not know who that is. It doesn't really matter. He's kind of a um he's a podcaster. He's sort of a, a minor league version of Joe Rogan or or Jordan Peterson or some of these other guys that are a little more popular. And he came out in, in an interview with uh, the guys from Trigonometry, I think. And is that another podcast? Yeah, it's another podcast. What's it called? Trigonometry. Trigonometry. I thought you said that intentionally wrong. No, it's like that's their name. It's not the math thing. Trigonometry. It's trigger. Like I think that it's intentionally wrong. Well, they. Yeah, that. Yeah, they. So you did say it intentionally that way. I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I named them correctly. <laughs> okay. The, you'll have to write. Which was intentionally wrong. You could write them a letter of inquiry uh, as to the origins of their name if you want, or maybe check their website out. But no, I think I get it. Sam, They're, they talk about things that trigger people. Sam, yeah. Rather than uh, math. Sam Harris. They might talk about math. Sam Harris was on there, and he says, um, "Yeah, we all colluded to, to." make sure Trump lost. What's interesting is a lot of them did it without even being told to. Right. And his reasoning was, well, Trump was a, uh, was a dire threat to the democracy. We had to do it. The nuclear codes, which apparently <laughs> and, uh, were zero, 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 zero for many years. Thank you, uh, Dimitri, for pointing that out. Dimitri has some experience I, I in think computer security, by the way. That even if that, like, okay, so the codes are zero, 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 zero. There's got to be like 
like my I play video games that have two factor authentication, right? Right. You can't get on and, and fake being Bobby Flood on the video game. So there, there's got to be more to like launching nukes than just typing in a code from somewhere and all of a sudden they launch. There's, I'm sure like there's dozens of people involved. Bobby Flood's I'm hoping. Favorite. Is your screen name Leroy Jenkins? Is that what you'd go by? Leroy Jenkins. Now you're going to have to link to that. I think, I think we've linked to Leroy Jenkins before, but I'm imagining that's kind of your... MO. That's how you play the games. Um, no? yeah, yeah. You mean just run in recklessly like Leroy Jenkins did? Yeah. That, sometimes. Kind of what you do. It depends on the game. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying I've to find. I've never played uh, video games with Bobby Flood. Maybe you should. Well, you can't. Can't give too much personal information out there, and fake screen names for video games would be pretty personal. Right. Right. There are probably a lot of listeners that would like to join in on some of your online escapades, but. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm looking for Sam Harris here on my my tweeters. We'll link to this article. That w- it's been widely known, I guess, for a while that for a long time after they instituted the safeguards in the nuclear program that the codes were zero, 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 something, you know, some string of 12 zeros so that there there would be no difficulty in launching the weapons. <laughs> Right. And and so the, the point here with, with Zuckerberg and, and Sam Harris is to bring up this, you, you see these things that have been, you know, dismissed as conspiracy theories, baseless conspiracy theories, once again, start to become mainstream. We're talking about them in the mainstream where the people are just out there saying, yeah, of course we colluded to try to scuttle the election. Of course we did. Because Donald Trump was an existential threat to our democracy. And it's like, well, okay. Well, so it turns out, though, that they didn't really scuttle the election that way. Biden didn't get the 80 million votes. We know that now, especially from the 2,000 mules. It looks like he probably got more like 60 million votes, maybe 40 million votes. And they made up the rest of them. And so the big problem is they're not colluding to actually fix, like technically change the election outcome. What they're colluding to do is to change the narrative their 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 collusion is intended to control your mind right because they don't need they don't need you to uh actually vote in any any given way they just need you to believe that everybody else voted that way right so sam harris says and i'm going to summarize he says that it was a left-wing conspiracy to cover up the and limit the distribution of the Hunter Biden laptop. And he basically says Trump was a, was a criminal. And he's like, the, the, he's like the, the Trump University was far worse than anything on the Hunter Biden laptop. It's like, what? what? <laughs> Trump University was, I don't know how long ago. It wasn't when he was president, for one. And it was a failed business venture. Okay. The laptop contains evidence that the sitting vice... Trump uni- Hold on. Is Trump University where Hunter Biden went to school? Is that the problem? <laughs> Maybe it was. But what's on the Hunter laptop is really important because it's, it's evidence of... Well, a, a lot s- of people think porn is important. Sitting. Well, there's all of that. And that gets, that's a distraction in, in the lifestyle that Hunter Biden recorded. 
profusely, apparently. <laughs> like hours and hours of footage. He doesn't sound like the smartest guy, Hunter. Like, your dad is the vice president of the United States. You're doing sketchy, conflict of interest, illegal business deals for him, and you're recording everything. But he's clearly not good at operational security. Right. I mean, he left the laptop at a laptop store. He apparently. gave it to the laptop store. <laughs> right. To the repair shop. And abandoned shop. it. Yeah, and then never came back to get it. But think about like the, 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 the salacious stuff. Yeah, see, not only did he not think, oh, there's incriminating material on this. I should never let anyone else see it. He took it in to be repaired and never came back to get it. Right. I saw one theory that it was Hunter. It was a cry for help from Hunter. I think this is evidence that it's all a sideshow. I think it's evidence that nothing, nothing matters that we're actually watching in the media. Well, it doesn't matter because there's no consequences. Like, uh, but let me finish my one quick thought. Nope. I want to, no, I'm just the, go ahead, please. The salacious stuff on that laptop is a distraction from the fact that the sitting vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, was using his political office to... Uh, create personal business deals with companies in Ukraine, the governments of Ukraine, companies in the governments of China. And at the very least, it's just sketchy, shady business deals. But the most, it's widespread corruption, influence peddling, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, he's on tape. We, We have Biden on camera saying, or either camera or audio saying to guys in Ukraine, you better fire this guy or else we're not doing this deal kind of a thing. When the, this was before the war, right? This was the, the most recent war before that. Biden was inf- influence peddling, saying you got to put this guy in as attorney general, whatever that I'm, I'm fuzzy on the details, but it was a pretty, to me, it was a bombshell. Like here, here's <coughs> Biden manipulating. He forced the Ukrainians to switch attorney generals because the old guy was investigating his corrupt business dealings in Ukraine. Yeah, with Burisma, which is right at the heart and soul of the laptop controversy. Yeah, wasn't Hunter Biden on their board for a while, like making big money just Yeah, and 10% there? for the big guy. Yeah. And so, and, and it's not even so much what was on the laptop, although there's some pretty damning stuff. The, the bigger problem here is that the powers that be in the media and all their apparatchiks deliberately prevented people from seeing that story and considering that story and all its implications in their decision to you know for who to vote for that's called election tampering <laughs> and manipulation they're manipulating you yeah fraud <laughs> now how uh, now when now imagine how do how, how do they do this in other ways that aren't so obvious right that's where we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. You got to look for these little terms and, and the way that you're being manipulated. But like you said, there's never any consequences for this stuff. Like who leaked this, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision? Remember that leak? No one cares anymore, Bobby. Oh, we're going to do a full investigation. That was in like April or May. We're almost in September. There's no right. We only care investigation. There's no why leaker. they raided Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Well, we used to. Last week, you cared about that. Yeah, everybody just moves on. 
and there's never consequences. Okay, you got oh now Fox News has changed their headline, and the title is completed review. DOJ says it's done assessing Trump docs seized from Mar-a-Lago and reveals next step in legal pro- legal process. So the Mar-a-Lago thing is going to be in our face a little longer. Maybe they're going to indict Donald Trump or something. Well, that's the that's the goal, right? They've even said that the New York Times is calling for that. You got to indict Trump, indict him, indict him, indict him. You got you got Joe Biden, who by the way is still the sitting president, the current president of the United States saying that MAGA Republicans are fascists. Semi-fascists. Semi-fascists. <laughs> Where did semi-fascists come from? Do you know the history on that? Because all of a sudden it switched from fascist to semi-fascist. No, I just think that's him just not knowing what he's saying. There's other people saying it too. I, I, that, that's the first time I'd heard it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> semi Is it partially fascist or like big like a semi? Like in Joe Biden's thinking, it might semi, he might think means bigger than a fascist. <laughs> semi. It's a semi. It's an 18-wheeler fascist. It's, uh, it's a bunch of... Fascists and 18-wheelers, they're coming to your city to Ma- shut it Maybe down. he's thinking about like the ca- Canadian truckers. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah. worried about having to do a Trudeau moment. And, and it all comes back to me like just, the question... By the way, just never turn in your guns. Don't, if they change the laws, it doesn't make it immoral to continue to keep the right to bear arms. Don't ever turn in your guns. I might interrupt a couple more times just to remind you. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby, go ahead. No, that's good advice. As I like to say, eat meat, lift weights, shoot guns. Shoot guns. But why? This is the question that just keeps coming back to me over and over. Why do they hate Trump so badly? And this is something we've speculated about kind of throughout the history of this podcast. Is he in on it? Is he a rube and they're just using him? Is, is he actually trying to be a white hat type? patriot like why but why do they hate him? he's not the president anymore for someone to come out and say well in 2020 we had to we had to stop him at all by all any necessary means because he was a threat to our democracy it's like he's been the president for four years he wasn't really a threat to anything he was pretty kind of middle of the road big spender tax and spend type President, yeah, like on the, nothing, con- on nothing. the contrary, a lot of stuff got done for those guys. Yeah, like I mean, there there wasn't a whole bunch of like. He was your he was just a typical kind of big big government Republican president. I know that he was brash and and you know mean tweets and and talking about getting us out of NATO, talking yeah. about making and friends he did with cancel North Korea. Thing, yeah, he did cancel like the climate. Alliance or whatever that's called and other the little Parrot things. Climate, Parrot Climate Accords, the Paris Climate Accords. He did some, he tried to do some stuff here in the great state of Utah with Bears Ears National Monument, which of course, you know, that's a whole other issue that I don't like how presidents can just use these national monuments and national parks as footballs and they just punt them back and forth to each other. Yeah. Not realizing or caring that they're affecting local people's livelihoods and anyway, but he didn't they're like oh he was he was a huge criminal and he's a threat to our democracy it's okay you can think that you can believe that but you got to bring evidence you got to bring examples and there's this a video clip i saw on twitter and there there there's a protester out in front of trump towers and they're like 
why are you protesting? Well, he's a huge criminal. Biden's a huge criminal. Okay, well, what did what crimes did he commit? Biden or Trump? Sorry, Trump's a huge okay, criminal. Keep going. Sorry, I just want to make sure we get the narrative right. Well, what crimes did he commit? Uh, and, and it's like if if you're out there protesting in front of the guy's property in New York you City, you have a, res- a duty, a responsibility to the people to know why you're protesting. Yeah, even if you've got something that isn't correct, at least have a reason. <laughs> They're just he didn't know. He's just mad. And I think they have a reason, and that reason is orange man bad. Yeah, sure, but why? Because why is orange con- man bad? Because they're mind controlled. Okay. So and may- keep keep in mind here, I I don't really, I'm kind of neutral on Trump. I I find him entertaining. I think it was fun to watch him in press conferences and stuff. But I I, I don't know. I don't I don't I could take him or leave him. I just it's always confused me. Even back when he was the president. Go ahead. I interrupted your mind control thought. No no no. I was going to interrupt you. <laughs> I I'm I'm kind of blown away because of the rabbit holes I've been going down. The, the, this one particular rabbit hole the last couple of weeks. And I want you to watch some of the material that I sent you from Catherine Austin Fitz and a guy mm-hmm. named Joseph P. Farrell. Okay. Okay. Because I'm becoming more and more convinced that none of this matters to like, I'm going to swear on the podcast. I don't think that we can do a damn thing about what is about to happen here. It doesn't matter whether it's Republicans or Democrats. Now, this is, this is problematic because on the one hand, you probably should be out trying to keep your counties and your cities intact. But at the federal level, I don't think we can do much because the fix is in. So you've taken the black pill that I took oh, maybe a year ago. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But here's, here's what I think happened. And, and the reason for this is very credible people that have done extensive research and have spoken about it, but they've been completely ignored. It's, the media would like, would like you to, to focus on crazy things, right? They, and, right. And, and a lot of this stuff, I, I remember you know, 10, years of, 10 years ago doing a lot of research, or <clears throat> 15 years ago doing a lot of research about 9-11, and conspiracy and the corruption in government, the Federal Reserve banking system. And I circled far and wide, you know, entertained the idea that we're being managed, <clears throat> that we're being managed by shape-shifting lizardmen overlords. That's, that's one out there. You know, the lizardmen, the shapeshifters. You've seen that one, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a possibility. But there is good evidence for the fact that, as I indicated earlier, $40 trillion has gone missing since the late 90s, perhaps more unaccounted for funds that the government just, it's gone, you know? It's, it's, you've got to start listening to Catherine Austin Fitz on this subject because she's the one that sort of uncovered it. If I was going to write a a book uh, a history book. I'll call. I think I might write a book. American history for dummies. It will start with the Catherine Austin Fitz story. It will not start in 1776. It won't start before that. It will start with Catherine Austin Fitz story about her experience in government and her uncovering the fraud going on in housing and urban development. Because the the point is that the what they what she and her colleagues are calling. And this is the the reason this is so 
interesting is because Fitz is credible. She's credible. She is a credible source. She spent in a, in an interview that I saw or a presentation I saw her do last night, which was done almost 10 years ago, she disclosed that she spent $6 million of her own money fighting the Justice Department to prove her innocence when they tried to come and foist crimes upon her for her activities as Undersecretary of Housing and Federal Housing Commissioner in the, at the end of the Bush administration, her, George Herbert Walker Bush, and then as, a, uh, as the Director of Hamil- Hamilton, Hamilton Securities, which was the, the government contractor that she started afterwards to provide services to housing and urban development and the government, right? She knew too much. And so she, she was a very wealthy person, spent a considerable amount of money defending herself, and was able to finally disentangle herself, you know, come off, get, get out of all those lawsuits, meaning the government dropped them. And she never went to prison, right? But she went underground, essentially. She never, she says she was never going to talk to the mainstream press again because they just misrepresent everything. So she's been spending the last couple of decades building networks of people, trying to wake people up outside of that the traditional propaganda mechanisms, which I think is quite admirable. Well, anyway, her primary source, whistleblower, firsthand account, testimony is critical. And she has spent a lot of time interviewing a guy named Joseph P. Farrell, who's an Oxford-educated doctor. He, he got his undergrad degree, I believe. I can't remember if it's his, his doctorate or his undergrad. Let me look it up in Patrist, or uh, that's the study of the early church fathers. So this guy is a, uh, a linguist. Like, he speaks all the old languages, right? And he also speaks several other modern languages, like German, which is going to become important in just a second. Let me see if I can find Joseph P. Farrell's biography. So this is not... Like some guy that just all of a sudden came on the scene, right? It's not not some it's not some Jordan Bruno who just all of a sudden decided to start a podcast. <laughs> all right, <laughs> this guy his his bio says he was uh, born and ra- born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Has a doctorate in Paristics, so that's again the study of the early church fathers from the University of Oxford. Do you know where Oxford is? Yeah. This is like the big daddy of all schools. Harvard would like to be Oxford, okay? It's just the way it is in the academic community. And he pursues research in physics, alternative history, and science, and quote, strange stuff. Well, he's written several books and i think this is how he makes money is writing these books and and running a community at gizadeathstar.com <laughs> okay okay this is a strange dude uh anyway he's written a lot about the the creation of the cia and how it was created after world war ii from the office of special services the oss during the Truman administration. But the problem is 
what they did was they they basically joined forces with the the Nazis, the remnant of the Third Reich. The the rough overview here. Okay, remember this is not your average PhD doctorate, right? This is this is a guy who's according to the rest of humanity has a loose screw, and according to um, I, I think I've run across him in the past, but he's ignored, right? It's like a Ron Paul. We just do not speak of Dr. Joseph P. Farrell because then you might read what he wrote or listen to something that he said. And so I've been listening to some presentations the guy put on. I'm going to buy some of the books and read them. But the assertion is that the Third Reich was absorbed by the, by the American Intelligence Service and that they've been continuing their activities as part of the CIA or took over the CIA. <laughs> One of the main things that happened was that all the Nazi loot and the, and the Japanese loot was brought into the, these intelligence services and through the Bank of International Settlements essentially became the stake by which they started all their covert operations and formed what, what Joseph Farrell and Catherine Austin Fitz are calling a breakaway civilization. We're talking about underground military bunkers. This relates to the UFO phenomenon which these guys would probably say was not extraterrestrial, but is mostly the black side of the, uh, you know, the government contractors, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, McDonnell Douglas, all these guys. These, these are, this is high technology. The question is, what do you spend $40 trillion on? Secrecy, surveillance, <laughs> and UFOs. There's a... Uh... I saw something, was it on Zero Hedge, where they're talking about all the places that the oligarchy, the elites, have their escape bunkers? Yeah. And like New Zealand, a lot of them are down in New Zealand and yeah. other oh, remote interesting, places. interesting, right? Yeah. By the way, your... Your favorite. <laughs> your favorite prime minister is under lots of political pressure right now. Of course. She, uh, she allegedly pressured uh, law enforcement to ban some reporters from covering an event. She's, uh, there's a lot of protesters now. Like New Zealanders seem to be waking up. And uh, that's good because I was really afraid for those folks down there. Cause well, I'm afraid for us all now after going down this rabbit hole. What I'm saying is <laughs> right. it is not us. We, we are not self-determining and we have not been for a long time. And the, the problem is right now that events are in motion that we can't stop. We couldn't stop the coronavirus thing. As John Titus said, it was a monetary event. These, they are now pushing the climate thing, right? That's, that's the new Always. thing. Well, no, but right now it seems to be right. drought, right? So remember who, the, the people who make it rain. Remember Brian Pallister, Manitoba, who breaks from the narrative and thanks the people who make it yeah, rain. The billion he dollar rain. He thanks them and then he has to retire. Fitz points this out. She says she thinks that he grew a conscience in that moment, realizing I'm sick and tired of changing the subject every time somebody talks about ivermectin. I'll just thank the people who make it rain because that's what part of the what what's gone on with the forty trillion plus missing money is weather modification. Mm -hmm. And you have three secret factions. You have the Chinese and the Russians who don't necessarily want to go along with the Anglo-American faction. It's just stuff out of X-Files. I get it, okay? Yeah, it but is. I'm telling you, where does Jordan <laughs> Bruno has, gone, has decided, this is a rabbit hole I've gone down before, but now I'm deciding this has got to be the explanation for it because nothing else is making sense. We are not, 
<laughs> there, there is no reason that we should be destroying American energy independence and fighting Russia in Ukraine. We should, you know, there's, these people are making decisions that are going to lead to disaster in the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, look at the, the Europe is staring at a very long, cold winter. Uh, you've probably seen some of those headlines, especially like, like Germany is right at the center of that. Yeah, ostensibly which, these governments are supposed to take care of their people, right? Remember when, well, no, ostensibly. but ostensibly, <laughs> ostensibly, take, that meaning you mean take care of them like purportedly. A good a good synonym for ostensibly is purportedly. The the, the purported purpose of your government is to take care do to you, take care of situ stuff like this. Stuff you mean that is take bigger care, than us? Take care of the people like someone like saying. Uh, yeah, boss, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Well, there's that, but there's the idea that, you know, <laughs> if you're a turkey farmer, you would take care of a bunch of birds. Or if you were a, right. if you're a, a, a cattle rancher, you would take care of your cattle. That's how they're taking care of us, I think. Well, I don't even Ostensibly. think it's, I don't even think it's that, that good. Or because an a, ant a, farmer a, a farmer, farming ants. And a farmer has, a farmer doesn't view his cattle, a rancher doesn't view his cattle as useless uh, eaters. eaters that need to be culled. Right, he, he wants to take care of them and fatten them up. He he's taking care of them in the sense that they're his his living. So it's not even that. No, we we are these are the god these are, are the, the gods trifling with us. Exactly. They don't. They don't. Okay. So they that's don't care what I'm, about that's what I'm saying is it doesn't it, 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 it when you factor this in it starts to make sense that there is some so we've reached some sort of a breaking point and they are now changing the story and the. Have you seen the pictures of the Rhine River drying up? Mm -hmm. I guess it. I guess it has, uh, in the past, run low like that. It's not something that you need to worry about just because it happened this year. But the question is, did they shut off some of the rain in certain parts of the world in order to create a climate emergency so that they could get more legislation or more more official control? It's possible. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't done enough homework to know how much control they have over the weather. Obviously, there is natural weather, and so sometimes it's going to rain, and they can't have, they don't have anything to do Obviously. with it. Obviously, but, but I saw some of those photos, and I guess people were saying that there's a spot where the river kind of splits, and there's always dirt. They in need the to middle. dredge it, right? But yeah, there, there there's no question where there's people. Well, here's manipulating the world events. Yeah, There's no question. Yeah, so like the Republicans folded on the gun thing. That's another, I think, a key issue. That was never supposed to happen. How, how does, first of all, they had to rig the Georgia elections to get the Democrats control of the Senate. Mm -hmm. And then you got, you got to cause 10 senators to fold in order to get your 60 senator supermajority you know, uh, uh, it's not quite technically a supermajority. Supermajority would be what, 66, two-thirds? But they had to, based on their rules, beat the filibuster with 60, 60 senators so they couldn't just ram something through with a simple majority. Mm -hmm. And they, they somehow all of a sudden get, get that to happen. You know, and then you get uh, Manchin who folds on the Inflation Reduction Act. And he's, mm -hmm. he's been in the press recently saying he's upset that Apparently, the reason he, because West Virginia is a big coal state, uh, Senator Manchin's from West Virginia. Mm -hmm. He's been holding out against a lot of the Build Back. He's kind better. of the last of the 
old school blue collar Democrats. Right. So he apparently cut a deal with the devil here that, that he would. No he need would support, to call Nancy Pelosi the devil. He would pa- he would support the Inflation Reduction Act, which is uh, a massive bleep bleep of epic <laughs> proportions. It's a huge okay, disaster. A and will help uh, speed up our demise. Yeah. So he reportedly had done that because they all agreed that they would stop they would roll back regulations on fossil fuels and start working with us on, on the good old rational energy policy. And spoiler now they're alert. spoiler alert. They, they won't, they won't, <laughs> they, they have reneged on the deal. So mansions sitting there looking pretty stupid, I guess now. Well, you can't negotiate with these guys. Well, no, that's the thing is they, they've, they've, there's something that's happened. They've reached a point where they believe. Plus, wait. I, I, I've said I think it's related to the. I think these guys are a cult. I think that it's. They believe it is that it's an astrologically auspicious time for them to do it during these eclipse. This eclipse period. That's my guess. That they think that now is the time for them to just break the United States, and it's also convenient to break the rest of Western society, which is Western Europe, at the same time and Canada, and Australia, and New Zealand. Well, New Zealand is my single source of truth, and they tell me that everything's fine. That the people protesting outside are not actually there. And they're also extremists. They're not there, but it's good that they are there, because we can see how extreme these extremists are if they were there, but they're not there, but it's good that they're there because we can see how extreme these extremists are. Thank you, Kamala. I'd like to take back the mic. Um, (laughs) But that's what they tell us. They say this doesn't exist. I know. But it's good that it does exist. We need to turn them off. We need need to stop listening to them. See, what I'm trying to say is I want to work us out of a job here. Our semi-jobs as co-hosts of the podcast here. Like semi-fascists? Semi-jobs. Like we need less listeners. We need you to stop listening easy. to current events. <laughs> I don't need, know that we can get you guys need listeners. to turn. The sky is falling. Turn this off. Get ready. Do you know? Take the time with your family. Do things that work for you and your family. Stop <laughs> listening to this stuff. It doesn't. I, I'm almost to this point. Like it doesn't matter. Donald Trump, Joe Biden. It doesn't matter. They got the $40 trillion. They have the UFOs. They have the underground bases. This is going to happen. We better be prepared. Okay, I know, I know what I just said. I, I, I get what that sounds like. And I'm just throwing that out there like, I'm not fully convinced, but guys, you should start looking at this stuff. You should start to consider that it is way worse. And it's been rolling on for a long time. This will go on as long as the, the breakaway civilization or the underground uh, oligarchy, whatever it is, wants it to because they pull all the levers of power, right? But the minute they decide they're going to shift society, then you get stuff like coronavirus, climate emergency, and gun control, and that they're doing it on their schedule, and that's that's the only thing that we can really <clears throat> hang our hats on. The, the the solid foundation that we ought to look at is the bigger picture of what's happened in the last couple of years. The pandemic was a monetary event; it occurred. And then the Antifa crap occurred, 
and the gun control bill was passed and the Build Back Better was passed and the, the CARES Act was passed. All these things have actually happened. It's like a, it's like a period like the TARP bailout on steroids. So that's, that's our bedrock. We can actually say that's happening. And in light of that, oh, and the Fed is raising interest rates. That's the big thing that's happening right now. The economy is about to crash and they cut off the gas from, from Russia. Therefore, Europe will suffer immensely in the coming months. I think that... We can hang our hats on that. That appears to be real. That, I think we're going to see just how serious they all are about this this winter if they allow Europe to freeze to death. Well, I'm surprised that the Zero Hedge guys keep saying fouls about Powell, Fowl, uh, Jerome Fowl, Jerome Powell, who runs the Federal Reserve, theoretically, you know, he's the... He's the public the face. public face of it. That he's going to pivot, meaning they're talking about the Fed stop stopping their interest rate rises and rolling back the interest rates so that we can have the free easy money again. I'm really surprised that they are the the zero hedge guys who have a tendency to or a propensity to be willing to look at alternative explanations, conspiracy theories, misinformation, and lies, as they're called in the mainstream or the corporate legacy press. I'm surprised that these guys keep pushing this material about Powell pivoting. I don't think that's in the cards. <clears throat> they're, they're raising interest rates into clear economic recession, into clear economic weakness. They have caused the shortages in the supply chain, which we were talking about. Whitaker mm-hmm. astutely points that out. These are these are man-made shortages in the supply chain. These are caused by our own hubris and our own our, our governments and their policies and their intentional actions. That's what's destroying the, the economy. That's what's causing the inflation and the stagflation is the regulation and the, the embargoes, the sanctions, all of that stuff. And into that, Powell is going to raise interest rates, blaming it on demand. So I'm, I'm really surprised the Zero Hedge guys haven't figured that out yet. This is not, I don't think, I'm going out on a limb. I don't think he's going to stop the march to higher interest rates. I think they're going to raise it by 75 basis points. So that's 0.75% again. And I don't think they're going to, they're going to pull back. I think that it'll probably, they'll probably continue to incrementally raise it, maybe not quite as fast through 2023. <clears throat> and they're going to continue the, the embargo on Russian oil and they're going to get their color revolutions everywhere. Why do we call them color revolutions? I don't know. They're going to, these are, these are inducements to the population to get upset. Right. Yeah. Like it's all uh, happening. uh, What I'm trying to say is this is right before our eyes. (laughs) Right. And here we live in Utah in this idyllic, you know, beautiful fall on a, on an idyllic, beautiful fall day reminds you of, you know, any past fall where you went back to school or to the football game or whatever's going on, it's all fun and nice and fluffy bunny rabbits and popcorn well, and lollipops. I think a lot of people are still pretending like everything's fine and we're going through those motions. We're going to school and we're going to the football games and don't stop doing that stuff. Um, Use I, cash. I think something, and I'm usually the black pill around here, but I think something that we need to remember is that some of these catastrophic events will uh, awake people. And 
I I could see I can see a, a, a near term future where the regular folks of the world, all of us useless eaters, unite against this and actually overthrow it or slow it down but or we stop can't, it. We can't. We're not going to be able to shift it back to the Reagan years. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I, sure. I, I have but, I have hope for humanity that we're not going to f- succumb to the dark control grid that people talk about, right? But I don't know if that's even in the plans of the oligarchy. They but, may just want to uh, destroy a bunch of people. I think they've done that, and they are doing it. I I saw a headline that there, locally there was a car crash where someone rammed into some kids and killed some kids and then killed themselves when they smashed into a porch. And I've seen a few headlines. Again, this is just sort of me looking for things. I'm wondering if people are passing out in their cars as a post Post COVID jab, COVID side effect, jab side effect, or something. Because yeah, auto accidents have gone up. I don't know if they have or not. No, they have. I but, I, I read that somewhere, so I, it must be true. <laughs> experts say, but but I'm wondering if if we're starting to. I mean, remember? I don't know if people remember. There was a guy who was sort of cast off to the side. I'm trying to remember his name now. He was a former Pfizer guy, and he said these shots are going to kill a lot of people. They're going to be. It's a mass. Eden. Yeah, Yeadon, Michael Yeadon. He said, what do you call him? A mass casualty event. Yeah. And I kind of thought, oh, that's strong. That's bold. Well, we, we haven't run the course of the I'm, next couple I'm of years I'm wondering now if we're starting to enter into that phase. I mean, I, and he was talking beyond just like, oh, you're going to have a blood clot and die. He was saying these are designed to kill people over, over time. Like a, 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 he even went so far, if I remember right, to say that there was something that would sort of trigger them the, the like the, 5g right something kind of like that and that people That's would just question have a mass a, literally a mass casualty like event and i i don't know i don't i i, I was always i never quite kind of went that far with him but it makes me wonder like what are the the ramifications of these shots and are they causing people who you know, I've heard a few stories recently about people who have been perfectly healthy suddenly having massive seizures. Now, that's happened in the past, right? People can develop that. that. Yeah, but it's super unusual. Right. And so you say, oh, I think they just want to destroy a lot of people. I think the vaccines might be a way to do that, but also starvation. I mean, let's, we forget, we never talk about the way that the pandemic, the quote unquote pandemic, set the third world, what we call the third world, set them back decades. You had more kids starving and dying of diseases that we had systems in place that at least help mitigate, right? Food was getting out to African countries that are, mm-hmm. you know, kind of famous for starving kids, right? It's almost mm-hmm. a joke or, a, or a, not a joke, but a, a cliche at this point. And those kids all died. And disease is rampant, yeah. like uh, tuberculosis and yeah, things they, like that. But, that but are, they haven't had co- rampant coronavirus. All right, the the or pandemic didn't low vaccination rates in those countries. But they didn't need they didn't need to break those countries because they're already broken and controlled. Yeah, but they're also closer to the earth. The, a lot of these people are more agrarian. They they raise right. their own food. But I, they, I, they've lived in indigent circumstances, at least circumstances we consider indigent. But all they had to do was turn off the food spigots. And those people would suffer. They, they didn't they, need to break their minds like they did the West. Yeah. Because they were already dependent on this system. Well, one theory I ran across in this line of study was that 
the oligarchy doesn't intend to you know the georgia guidestones talks about maintaining humanity in perpetuity about 300 million people or something well, or 500 million people they did before they got blown up right the I, the idea is that they only intend to maintain western society at that level they are willing to use the eastern and third world as a slave well they need their slaves slave camp or uh right. yeah or colonies no the, the i think the I think that the ideal world that people like Bill Gates imagine in their heads is is disgusting to most people. I think he sees a world where you have right now there's what almost almost seven billion or seven and a half billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. I think he sees a world where there's like half a billion, and there's maybe a million people like him, and the rest are just laborers that provide for him. And he rules like a god king. These people do think that they're god kings. Right, I, I agree. Div- they believe they're divinely appointed to rule and reign. And I think that that trickles down to people like... Lo- Spencer Cox. Well, Spencer Cox and you know Herbert before him, other governors and just local little... They just think that you know they were predestined to, to rule and reign over us. I mean, the language Spencer Cox uses when he speechifies it's just ridiculous to me it looks you want in a contest and to me it looks like these guys know that they're mid-level managers working for a higher power some of them some of them do cox kind of acts like i think he thinks he's divinely appointed by god to rule at this time in this place that he and that this was his destiny and this is our rendezvous with destiny that picture I forwarded to you makes me think that he sees himself as subordinate to a different power. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I think he sees himself in service of a different power. Yeah, but he, that he sees is, himself as a he sees himself as a as a shining servant. Uh, yeah, like exactly. one of the of high level does. servants of that. Of course, he does that oligarchy. He's he's a high priest. That picture, I understand being being having covered many events, live events with a camera, and being a photojournalist in a former lifetime. I understand that a picture is a fraction of a moment in time, but they also speak volumes, right? And that photo that you <laughs> sent to me is the weirdest, creepiest, most typical thing you'd expect out of Spencer. Should we Cox. post that or is that? Yes, it's public photo, right? I assume you pulled it off some newspaper. We're talking about the one with Cox, yeah, and President Nelson. Yeah, we can say that on the podcast. Well, it's okay. Like uh, the the reason I think it's so telling is because everybody else is facing a different camera. He, He's caught in a moment of adoration. It, but it's kind of creepy looking. No, it's too. really creepy. It's like, it's it's just. I know I bring a lot of baggage to 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 that, but it just looks like a cult member staring at the cult leader. And and I I'm not saying that the LDS Church is a cult. I'm saying that photo looks like a cult member looking at a cult leader. Just And that's Cox. He's a weirdo. I'm telling you guys, there's something fundamentally off about that person. You heard it first on the Mind No, Virus you didn't. Show. You didn't. <laughs> this, this is a widely held belief amongst no. the good people of the great state of no, Utah. No one has thought that before. <laughs> He's a strange dude. And that photo just kind of encapsulates it, but 
I got that off of the church news. It was the top. It's on the newsroom. Right. Uh, LDS.org. So where are we? Where, it, was the where ground, are... it was the groundbreaking for the San Pete uh, Temple. The one in, because the Manti Temple is not enough for the people of San Pete Valley. They are putting a temple in at Ephraim, in Ephraim, where the college is. There's like a hundred people down there. In San Pete Valley? Yeah. Yeah, but the Manti Temple can only process five of them. Well, I, I, I had heard some story. To see the pioneers. They were going to remodel. They were going to remodel the Manti Temple, and then the, and they, they started. They are currently <clears throat> remodeling it, and they started gutting the, the pioneer murals in there. Yeah, that, I think they <clears throat> somebody, some there was some people pushback. Got them saved, yeah. And what I thought I heard was they were like, "Fine, we'll just build another temple down the road." So you idiots, shut up about these murals that no one cares about. That's kind of what I heard. So is the Manti Temple going to still be in operation? Are they? going to remodel around those old rooms? I think they're going to or are they going to try tell and put us it back. I think they're going to try and put it back to its original condition and save it as a pioneer temple. They are modifying the Salt Lake Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine told me he had taken a tour of it. They intend to put ceiling rooms in the basement, by the way. Okay. That is a symbolic problem, <laughs> but if you're going to have friends sealed, you might want to see them sealed on the third level rather than in the basement. There's a lot of symbolic problems, problems with this remodel. We've talked about the, the trumpet. Well. <laughs> but that's also been, the building has been, I don't know if it still is, but for a long part of that reconstruction was a building with no foundation. Right. A big and spacious building with no foundation. Yep. <laughs> Symbolism is... Awesome, and it's interesting, and it can be misinterpreted, things, and you can see things that aren't there, but I, I encourage you all to look. Look for symbols and see. You know, when I bring up all what this... They think, uh, what you think they might mean. When I bring up all this rabbit hole stuff, I, I'm, I mean, I hope that it does light a fire under you, the listeners, and under me, myself, to be better, to be better with our time and our attention, first and foremost. This is a slow-moving thing. In general, it's been very slow moving, but right now it's changing and it's changing slowly. It's changing over the period of so far two years, right? Two years is nothing. Think about how 2020, 2021, and 2022. I guess we're eight months into 2022. So it's really been more like, because it wasn't just the pandemic, it started with. There, there was some, there was some monetary action with what they call the repo mechanism, where. This has to do with the Federal Reserve lending to banks overnight, big banks overnight. There was some problems in that mechanism. And then the stock market started getting shaky and the Fed had been raising interest rates a little bit in 2019. Everyone was expecting a crash. It did start to crash. And then when, the, when they announced the shutdowns and everything, the, the stock market's totally tanked. And then there, the V-shaped recovery, or if you want to call it that, didn't begin until the Everyone, it became very clear that the government was going to pump trillions of dollars into this situation. Right. So, so it was all artificial recovery. There's no real recovery here. But it's we, all artificial. Think about how much different, though, things were. But it's in been almost three years is what 2019 I'm compared to now. Yeah. I mean, there, I know we've kind of lived through it, and it's sort of like when you live through weight loss or something, and then somebody who hasn't seen you in a while. Imagine being plopped into this situation where you're like, what, what is what happened to you? What what happened to all? What happened? Yeah, why like, why are there like people the post, 
post pre nine eleven post nine eleven world. Right. Why are people? But it's worse but, than that. You would come into this situation and, and you would go like, why are people at the grocery store wearing masks? Imagine being plopped down into the middle of it. Right. Like things have changed significantly. But in, that, what in I'm saying is years. they're going to change way well, more. Like way you more. say, uh, things change I'm more slowly. Con- I'm more and more and convinced of that. They don't, right? Things change slowly and then they and then suddenly, suddenly. Yeah. Gradually then suddenly. And I think we're we're on the verge of that suddenly moment. I mean, I think the, com- the, com- the coronavirus pandemic was a masterpiece. And that was a suddenly period. That, right. that we've summer had several, of 2020. We had several suddenlies. We right. had the suddenly of the coronavirus. We had the suddenly of the Biden 80 million vote election. We had the suddenly of the January 6th thing. We had the suddenly of the Antifa riots. We had the suddenly of uh, the vaccine release and all of the f- trying attempting to force coercion. the vaccine, the coercion. We had the suddenly of the Russia war and the oil embargo and all that stuff. There's been a lot, probably several other suddenlies that I'm forgetting here, but in quick succession, these things are happening. It's an age of acceleration, which we've talked about. This is not your father's Oldsmobile. This is not the 60s or 70s. Those were periods of great upheaval, but this is not that. Does Oldsmobile still exist? Oh, good question. I'll look it up. Was was Oldsmobile a kind of car that was made by GM or was Oldsmobile its own thing? I w- On April 29th, 2004, the last Oldsmobile came off the assembly line at the Lansing assembly plant in Michigan. Yeah, it's a GM brand, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess in the age of whatever age we're in, something All called... All Oldsmobiles are your father's Oldsmobiles. Something called an Oldsmobile. Oldsmobile. <laughs> right. Probably... Just, wouldn't fly too well now nowadays cars have cool names like santa fe or bronco the buick brand still <laughs> exists because it's not old it's buick ford re- re-released the bronco of course and they look pretty cool i'd i'd, I'd drive one i, I like, like to call it the bronco <laughs> i b-r-a-w-n-c-o <laughs> i um my my grandpa had a Bronco in the old days when I was a kid, and I loved that thing. And we we had all kinds of adventures in that. And so they're cashing in. Ford's cashing in on the nostalgia of the Bronco, re releasing re releasing that currently. You can find a uh, used twenty twenty two Bronco at Carl Malone in Park City for sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> A new one at Southtown Sandy for $75,000. So that this used, is a small SUV. It's cool. It's cool, but that it's used not like one, really, I mean, $70,000. Oh, yeah. That 75. used to be uh, the money, kind of money you'd spent on not just a luxury car, but a, a, a like an absurd luxury car. Yeah, I remember in my, uh, my youth, my dad telling me about his mortgage as a young man. He had like a $60,000. He paid $60,000 for the house we were living in. And then I remember finding out that the Lamborghini Countach mm-hmm. was like a $60,000 car. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that yeah. car costs as much as our house. Yeah, you can, now you can buy cars like that for $450,000. Money is just toys. It's just fake it's just play money nowadays and and unfortunately um it doesn't mean that we can just go out and get it and get whatever we need well so when we talk about this breakaway society that i, I was bringing up earlier that 
Farrell and Fitz had talked about. Remember, it's integrated with this society. What it means is there are people out there that have access to vast amounts of money that they can buy two Broncos, three Broncos, 100 Broncos, (laughs) (laughs) or 100,000 Broncos. Uh, Or a sports team or a social network or... Right. How how many Broncos would you trade for a, a machine that can hover... And, and fly at Mach 25 or whatever, maybe potentially fly off-world. I don't know. How much would you pay for that? What would it cost to build one of those? Probably a lot. I don't, you could ask Elon Musk who is building those types of things. Well, he's like the public face of it, right? Right. Like, sort of a, we can't make the autopilot work, sorry. It's just killing people. Right. It's full self-driving, but uh, yeah, we'll it fo- may focus on space, into the lake. SpaceX. Let's do SpaceX or Starlink or Neuralink or the boring company. You've seen the movie uh, Wall-E? Yeah. Where everybody's on a space cruise ship and they're fat and they can't walk. And well, They got fat because they right. were on the spaceship. I, I think that movie's interesting. I would think that... If humanity was in that kind of a situation, it wouldn't be you and me on those ships. We would be left We'd get kicked off the ship. We, we wouldn't even be invited. What if Bobby Flood, Bobby Flood got pushed out the airlock. We wouldn't even know that those ships exist. I don't think they would. The elite would go off-world for a while and let us die on the rotten, poison planet that they poisoned. Well, and that's the assertion of a lot of these people. In in the Joseph Farrell crowd, the the secret space program crowd, they're asserting that the elite recognize something's going wrong with the planet. Now I don't know how much of that's propaganda because I don't believe the global warming crap. Right. But they they maybe there's an asteroid or some sort of event that they understand that they need to get off world for. I think it might be that God is coming to burn the earth and they're trying to get off the earth. <laughs> well, he has said that that's what he's going to do. Mal- it's in Malachi. Yeah, we're <laughs> coming to burn the earth. You know, the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. Those that are coming shall burn them up and leave them neither root nor branch. It's like, okay, well, we better get off the world for that because that doesn't sound pleasant. But for some reason, they want to get off the world and they want to leave us here. And so there have been lots of, there's a lot in media, a lot in the there's um, fictional media. There's the 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 movie Elysium with Matt Damon mm-hmm. is all about that. There's a great TV series called uh, The Expanse. You can find that on Amazon Prime. And it's a, a futuristic uh, futuristic Earth. You have Earth and then you have Mars, which is colonized. Then you have the asteroid belt, which is, is like mining colonies. And those people are called the Belters. And... Uh, Amidst all of this is the, I think I've mentioned this before, but amidst all of this are the Mormons. Oh, really? The Mormons are in the expanse? And the Mormons are building a giant spaceship. And all the Mormons in all the worlds, all the Martian Mormons and the Earthling Mormons, and I don't know if there's any Belter Mormons, but all the Mormons are gathering to this spaceship and they are getting ready to zip out into space to look for new worlds to colonize and to start Mormon planets. Hmm. And uh, I thought, you know, it's easy right now in today's day and age to think, well, they're just making fun of Mormons. And then I thought, that's exactly what the Mormons did in the 1840s. Yeah. That was the equivalent of going to outer space, was going out into the the frontier in the West and starting a new place. But uh, 
It's just a little side note there in that story, but that's a good story. If you've it's, ever, a, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun TV series. If you've ever spent time, say, like at the Heber Valley Girls Camp or in one of mm-hmm. these controlled Mormon environments, you have to ask yourself because it's like kind of like a FEMA camp. You know, would you rather get caught in a government FEMA camp or a church-run FEMA <laughs> camp? I mean, what, like. Yeah, I just had some experiences with the couple missionaries, especially the sisters, the older sisters, you know, want you to clean your cabin again. No, again, because, you know, it's got to be good enough for the prophet to eat off of or something. I don't know what their problems are. If you had, if you had uh, the choice of getting on an off-world space cruiser made for, you know, that you would probably live the rest of your life on or taking your chances on a toxic earth. What would you stay or would you go? What's the toxicity? What, what, what's the problem? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just polluted. I don't, I don't know. They never really in, in Wally is just like, Oh, well we have too There's much garbage. garbage. And the, the one little robot that's the size of a remote control truck toy truck isn't keeping up with the, with the that's garbage a great, disposal. That's a great show. I really like, I really like Wally. It's a good show. But uh, the premise of it, it's all wrong. I mean, where are you going to get all that garbage? <laughs> right. That, what, like, idiocracy is funny because the whole thing centers around the great garbage avalanche of, like, 2023 or something. Right. <laughs> or two, two, 2,223, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's a, hun- a thousand years. years in the future. I think it's a couple hundred years in the future. But, That's a funny show. Idiocracy. It is, and it's so stupid, right? It's, oh, it's don't so watch that. Don't d- watch that if you don't like stupid, stupid, it, it, stupid humor. It's deliberately stupid, but that's the idea is that we, as a species, became stupid. stupid. And we kind of are in a, lot almost, of, in a lot of ways. Yeah, we were, we were watering the plants with Brondo, electrolyte. It's what plants crave. <laughs> Have you and tried so therefore water? we killed off all the plants you mean like from the toilet yeah it's just it's just it's absurd but there's some interesting points that it tries to make but well should we wrap this one up today sure i'm cool with that i think um would you stay on the toxic planet <clears throat> i i i think i would i i don't the problem with getting on one of those ships is that you're stuck. There's way too many details here. The, the, sure. The devil's in the details. Are we talking let's about say, all, the movie Oblivion? Let's say that the planet was livable, but it was harder to live. Because, see, you remember the movie Oblivion with Tom Cruise, right? I don't think I've seen that one. You haven't seen that one where the, the, the tet, the, tri- the inverted triangle, enters the solar system 2017? Oh. And then he, he's he's paired with a woman. I did and he watch keeps, that one. Keeps they keep asking, "Are you an effective team?" Yeah, I did. You remember watch the that story one. about the, yeah. t- the Tet's not right. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but right. See, in that case, you don't want to get on the ship because right. I don't think I'd get on the ship. I think I, I might stay. Yeah, I think I'd take my chances down here. And it, if I'm gonna die, I'd want to climb up on a mountain and watch the sun, the poison sun burn up the earth one last time they, they make it seem in those movies like blade runner or whatever that there are no mountains that don't have like a a bunch of shops on them with chinese people running strange restaurants <laughs> right you know like the the whole earth is covered in the, everybody's everybody's stuck in this mega city right the whole earth is a city and you, and you would be like 
the, I know that's, the guys in Hunger Games that go outside of the fence. I know creating the the a city, you know, building a city on the entirety of the whole earth is like the the wet the dream Wars. of a Utah developer, you know. The guys real estate developer. The prison, the prison development that There's those guys and the guys building just building 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 building. Utah, the Utah legislature is owned and operated by real estate developers. (laughs) Ivory Homes owns them. (laughs) Right. Okay, well. Okay, let's go. Let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Guys, don't don't despair too much. But. uh, Despair. (laughs) Never mind. Despair. We we preside. All shall despair and tremble. It's too late. No, it's not too late. Yeah, I, I do think though that we need to figure out a way to a way to maintain community, but also detach from the propaganda, as we discussed last week. The mind control mitigation is a real important thing, and figuring out how to grow our own food, getting food storage would be a really good idea. We've har- we've harped on that. Energy energy independence. The, the that's the problem. How do we how do we restart or or simultaneously right now break away become our own breakaway where we get out of some of these control mechanisms that's what we need to be thinking about talking about buy a, buy a nuclear silo and create a town inside of it or a nuclear reactor so you can have power for yeah. your silo that's that's cheap isn't it that's probably still within reach right now maybe i, I hear that uh, the europeans are getting rid of some nuclear reactors that, I'm they gonna, that they don't want anymore. I'm going to try to buy the old prison here at the point of the mountain and uh, create a compound there. I was thinking maybe like a, an Airbnb. Yeah. Turn the prison into Airbnb. It could be like a themed Airbnb <laughs> like the, uh, what do they call it? The um, uh, There's those honeymoon suites type of things. Yeah. Where they, uh, uh, the Anniversary Inn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have you ever seen that where they've got yeah. the themed rooms? Disneyland it has... It could just be a, a single theme. <laughs> Jailbreak. Disneyland has a Star Wars themed hotel and it's like $1,000 a night or something. That's all? Yeah, that's it. It costs <laughs> nothing. Yeah, okay. Pr- prison, prison break Airbnb. You, you wake people up in the middle of the night but they wouldn't know it's night because the the lights never go off in the cells. But you wake them up and say, you're dressed as a prisoner. And you're like, we got to go. And it's a big, you, they have to fight their way out of it's the. It's an escape room. Yeah, yeah, except there's guards with clubs hitting them for real. Like, <laughs> you want an authentic experience. I don't think that would go too well. We could play the kick in the head Frank Sinatra, I think, that they played mm-hmm. on the Mission Impossible jailbreak. That was a good yeah. scene. Yeah, there's okay. some good jailbreak movies out there. I'll let you go, man. This okay. is a, this has been an interesting episode. There's this is <laughs> packed, chock full of uh, jump off points for further research. We will put some of that stuff on the website. Yeah, I would I w- love to hear people's feedback on Joseph P. Farrell, the Secret Space Program, and some of the Catherine Austin Fitz presentations. The big question is, what do you do with forty trillion dollars? What do you do in the summertime? Because that would be, if they were just buying flat panel televisions and yachts and uh, 40, hookers, 40, et cetera, that would be massively inflationary. $40 trillion dollars is, an, is enough to rule the world with. You can buy up anything you need with that. 
and you can armies, min- <laughs> navies, yeah, news, false priests who oppress, news companies, tyrants who destroy, media companies, pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical companies, governments. You can buy anything in this world with forty trillion dollars. Well, we will let all of you go. Please uh, like, comment, subscribe, smash yeah, that since bell. Since you can't, since you can't like or subscribe, just. They can subscribe oh, can on uh, like YouTube okay. or not YouTube because we're, we're not, not there, but uh, s- uh, what's that called? Spotify, Apple. Yeah. You can subscribe. Go ahead. Fine. Subscribe. But that's just but what com- people say, right? Like, comment, comment, subscribe. Fine. Yeah, but I'm not watching that stuff anymore. Smash no, that like button. I'm, I, what I'm saying is comment because come on, guys. Dr. Nick and Whitaker are doing all the work. Hey, everybody. That's true. And we need some dialogue going here. We need some feedback. We need some like critical feedback. Like, hey, you know what, Jordan? You're crazy. I, that would be a comment somebody we've could yet, make. We've been doing this for almost two, two years. years. And we've yet to have someone say, you guys are full of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not reaching a diverse enough audience. No, I think it's because we've just been perfectly accurate. <laughs> and there's just no way to assail I know, the logic. I know. We're perfectly accurate and unassailable logically. But you're still, there's still, still, still going to be some detractors. Some, some people, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, I'd love to hear <laughs> feedback from people. And I uh, hope you're all having a nice day. Yeah, we may be a little delayed next week because next Monday is a holiday, government holiday. We celebrate, right. we celebrate communism. Labor? Yeah, isn't that the Labor Day? Anyway. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Everybody have a good week. We will be back next week at some point. We are the mindvirus.show. Mindvirus at... Man, I screwed that up. up. It's mindvirus.show. There's no the. Mindvirus.show on the internet. Mindvirus podcast podcast on all your favorite aggregators. You know where to find us. Please share us. Leave a review. Tell us we're full of crap. Whatever you need to do, do it. Do it quickly. And uh, we will be back again next week.